Hey guys, welcome back to the Swish Waterlad podcast to review what was one of the greatest finals of all time. And we also need to review, Surly, your first Swish ever, mate. Good to see you get one. How did it go? Yeah, huge fizz. I couldn't believe it, eh? Just came off the old club footy field and I had a notification. So there you go. Well, it was all go yesterday, I tell you what. But yeah, huge moment for me and, and no doubt a huge moment for Swish. One of millions, I'm sure. <laughs> What was the request? Uh, just a bit of motivation, you know. Someone was struggling to get out of bed, obviously, and who better to wake up to than your mate Surly? So, <laughs> massive fizz. <laughs> oh, mate, how good's that? I'll be listening to that every morning. And also we have on, again, the man who nailed the game prediction. Oh, one of the most informed rugby tippers in the world at the moment, Tom Marshall. Welcome, Toby. Thanks, mate. Oh, it's good to be back, back in red-hot form and... Uh, what a game to come up Trumps in. Yeah, what a game. What an absolute clinic from the Crusaders. Surely you were at the ground. What was it like there? Yeah, look, a pretty wet and cold night in Auckland, but the crowd definitely showed up. It was sold out, of course, and yeah, it was packed. No one stayed away. All the seats were full, and before the game, the place was absolutely humming, eh? When the lads ran out, she was all go. Fireworks and everything, they, they spared no cost, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, she was electric, and then once the game got underway, I guess the Crusaders kind of just dominated on the field. The Blues fans got pretty fired up again late in the second half when it looked like a comeback could be on, but like you mentioned, in the end, Crusaders just too good. Mm. And nothing surprised you from this game, Tom, absolutely as you predicted. I could even get your audio back out to go through what you said in the preview of the, of the final, and it's pretty much bang on. Nah, look, the Crusaders were, were really good. Mm. Um, I, I thought it would be a little bit closer than it was. Um, Blues, you know, un- unfortunately for them, I think a lot of the issues started at set-piece time. They lost a lot of momentum um, and probably a lot of confidence in their game through through the line-out. Um, it's just so deflating if, if you're not winning quality ball and then it's frustrating for backs. It's just really hard to get any form of momentum and... So I think that was the probably the biggest area, and um, I don't know what the stats were. Um, hopefully, we'll get stats man on soon. Yeah, but, I mean it's just it's just impossible to win a game of rugby when your set piece isn't functioning like that. Yeah, I, and I didn't see that uh, meltdown from their lineout coming. That their lineout hadn't struggled this year at all, had it, Surly? Nah, and, and to be fair, look, went along to the captain's run and it's the old tail they were hitting everything, eh? The old overthrows, <laughs> everything was perfect. Everything always looks good in the captain's run, but yeah, that hadn't been really an area of weakness and I think Leon McDonald mentioned in the press conference he felt like the Crusaders almost had their playbook and, and knew the calls, so I think a bit of work went into that. I think Razor mentioned that the assistant coach, Hanson, had been working for a month towards a game plan on how to beat the Blues. So even though they still were facing these other teams, they had their eyes fixed on going up to Eden Park and beating them in the final. So a bit of a masterclass from them. I think they won 10 off the Blues throw and then operated at 100% themselves. So that's just crazy. Mate, that is a lot of possession, eh? And you you might not be uh, welcomed back to any more captain's runs if you're leaking any more of their line-out calls. Yeah, look, maybe perhaps the boys were a bit overwhelmed, just like New South Wales were with my Origin fizz-up video, you know? I think maybe, yeah, got, got the better of them on the occasion. My fizz was too much, but... Mate, we did get to the 80, past the 80th minute. Full-time was done. Was waiting for you to run on the field with the Lad Searle Award um, to present it to the very... Um, deserving winner Richie Mawanga, what a masterclass he put on. But you 
Did you get denied by the security, did you? Yeah, look, I've actually still got it in my grasp right here. I think I managed to find oh, uh, the only security guard in Eden Park that hadn't heard of this prestigious medal, um, and he kind of waved me off, but I could see Richie was staring at me. He really wanted it, so unfortunately wasn't to be, but I'm sure there's a sponsor out there that will arrange for us to fly to his house, you know, surprise him one morning, a little knock on the door at 6am, and there we are with the Lad Searle medal. That would be massive. Oh, mate, in New Zealand, they might get us down there. Uh, who wouldn't want this? <laughs> but what did you make of Richie Mwanga's performance, Tom? Yeah, he was awesome. Um, I thought he was the best player on the paddock. Um, just just so clutch. And I think, like, his, his decision-making is just um, it's just unreal, you know, like whether to kick, whether to pass, whether to run. Um, you know, you got those three decisions, and for me, he gets it right pretty much nine times out of ten. and. Mm. He had a massive influence on that game, and um, yeah, he's obviously he he was playing him behind a, a dominant pack, which always helps. But he uh, definitely had a one up on Bodie there. Mm, definitely, he's just got this ability to beat a man so easily, eh? With his footwork, so electric. That line break he he got in that first half when he um, was looking to look for territory last minute, too much pressure, bang bang, dummy dummy gone and almost um, put Cody Taylor away but he dropped it but um, you mentioned always being ready with that kick run pass options and he mentioned it after that game saying um, he just likes to get set and then just play wherever that space is and man you can see that that's exactly how he plays he finds the space and then he executes it to that so very impressive performance from him what do you make of him Surly? Yeah he's just classy isn't he and like you said he could can create something from nothing. So he always keeps the defence on their toes and you never really know what he's going to do. But, uh, yeah, another masterclass from him. And, man, are we lucky to have those two, Richie and Bodie, in the All Blacks squad because I'm sure there's countries all around the world that would just give a left nut to have one of them. So Oh, jeez, if you've got one left. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but you, I don't think you can take too much out of Bodie's performance in that game. He did. He got zero opportunity to put his mark on that game. He was winning no line-out ball. His forwards were getting absolutely dominated. They couldn't even get into shape. They just, yeah, I just really felt for him because you could see he was trying his best and, and whenever he carried, he carried hard and did his job well. But And he kicked well, I thought, but, um, yeah, geez, he didn't get much of a platform at all. Yeah, I think the same for a lot of those Blues backs, you know. Mm. Um, you wouldn't even know half of them were on the field. And, you know, I've, I've played in games like that where you, your forwards are just getting dominated and it's just seriously hard to get any momentum, um, particularly in the rain when, mm. you know, you, you're probably not always the best opportunity to attack. Um, so, yeah, it was a, it was a tough night for the, the Blues back line. Mm. One player who did really stand out in that Crusaders back line as well, best game of the year from him, just at the right time, David Harvilli. He was quality in that game, eh? Yeah, yeah, I thought he was outstanding, and it was probably, a, like you mentioned, the perfect time for him to bring it out. A lot of people starting to debate his his place in this all-black back line, but yeah, he really stood up on the biggest stage. Another strong performance from him, and no doubt a strong performance off-field as well. He's known as a bit of a lad, so no doubt he's living up to that rep as well. <laughs> Mate, he will be in some state right now, I could imagine. <laughs> He'll be leading the charge, no doubt. But his performance up against Roger Tuovasa Sheck, I mean, when you sent through that video of him walking to the bench <laughs> with the dreams gone, 
disappointing to see him dragged early, but he didn't. Not much went his way in that game either. Yeah, pretty tough, I guess. Like you mentioned, when that four pack's going backwards, I thought he made a few good plays. He made that cover tackle to save a try early on in the game. But yeah, I did note that he got subbed and he walked off through the sticks. So maybe that's where my dream went wrong. <laughs> um, didn't quite have the same emotion on his face, so I clearly got the wrong read off it. But yeah, perhaps it was a substitution, not a try. But I was quite surprised to see him be pulled that early and, and replaced by him because I thought he's had another out. An outstanding season, like was spoken about many times. So interesting tactic from Leon, and it looked purely tactical as well. Yeah. Did he throw the ball up or did he slam it when he walked through the post? Yeah, look, these these dreams, they're getting hazier and hazier by the minute, to be fair. It's definitely not how I saw it playing out. And like you mentioned, when he came off, I think you messaged me and said maybe he goes back on for an HIA, scores late. The, the true fairy tale, but yeah, obviously the other Blues backs didn't get that memo and, and he didn't have to come back on. Yeah, well, when he got subbed so early, I thought there's a huge opportunity for him to come back on here. And then when Finlay scored, it was starting to get close. I thought, surely he could be on here. This could still happen. But no, they were never even in it. Disappointing. <laughs> and another um, back from the Crusaders who stood out to me, Lester Fanganuku. Um, what do you make of his performance, Tom? Yeah, he was awesome. Um, he, he does what he what Lester does. You know, he's he's always hungry to get his hands on the ball, and he's such a big body. He's so bloody hard to stop. So you see that more often than not, he he beats the first defender or he makes game lines. So I think he's going to be a big part in this um, All Black squad moving forward. And um, no, it was good to see him um, have a really good game. He doesn't die off the ball. He eh? fights through contact. And do you reckon he got that try down? Yeah, I reckon he did. Eh? And I think they were pretty lucky that, you know, you couldn't see the ball on the ground. So it was a fair enough call. But um, yeah, no, he doesn't die with the ball. And he's got an awesome skill set as well. Yeah. Like you can see his offloads. He, he's he's always got the ability to get his arms free in, in a tackle. So um, yeah, he's definitely, it's going to be interesting to see him on the international stage. Mm, can't wait. Oh, look who we're joined by, Statsman. Yes, Statsman is in the building. We've been wanting some stats, and here he is. He's arrived. How are you, horse? Oh, yeah, not too bad eh? after a few beers today. Oh, how many have you had? Uh, yeah, it's a bit hard to say, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's good. Over under 30. Over under 30, surely. <laughs> uh, probably under 30 with work tomorrow. Oh, yeah. That, oh, I hear you've got some good stats for us. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. a couple around the line-out and a couple more of your choice. Hit me. Well, I'll start with the uh, hardest one that I certainly won't like. Um, it was the first time that the Blues haven't scored a point in the first half in five seasons. Jeez, that's a good stat. <laughs> Stats man's right on. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, Hoskins is a two-who. He made the most tackles in the uh, game with 24, and oh. uh, Kurt Eklund was uh, second with 21 tackles for the um, for the game. Nice. And then Crusaders made 124 tackles to the Blues, 102, and only missed 15 compared to the Blues, 21. Jeez, stats, man. Good stuff. Any about the line-out? Oh, I don't think Sterling really wants to hear this. So, like, uh, <laughs> the... Bl- <laughs> 
The Blues had 19 lineouts, only won nine with a 47% uh, for the day. And oh. the uh, the Satyrs were 11 from 11 at 100%. Wow, that's the game there, eh? Stats, man. <laughs> Who was your man of the match, Stats, man? You got any stats to back up a man of the match like you usually do? You send it in weekly? I'd, I'd go uh, Richie. He uh, 55 metres gained. Six, uh, 26 passes, two clean breaks, five tackles, two penalties, a drop goal, two, a conversion. You know, can't really go much further than that, eh? Mate, 26 passes, that gets me right on. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. What are, Any stats on Ben O'Keefe? I thought he was outstanding in this game. Uh, zero yellow cards and zero red cards. Oh, the best stat of the night. <laughs> I think it's probably the only game in oh. Super Rugby this season that hasn't had a red or a yellow. Yeah, mate, he was world class, eh? Have you got one more stat? One more stat for us to finish. That's man. Then we'll let you go. Uh, ben O'Keefe played eighty minutes on Saturday too. <laughs> You've saved the best for last. You have had thirty beers. Big chef. <laughs> oh, good stuff, stats man. Appreciate your time. Sorry I couldn't get you back on earlier. The punters lost too much money on your one appearance. Oh, um, but yeah. it's great to have you um, give some stats for this um, review of the final. Oh, just just before I go, a uh, big shout-out to the uh, Clue the Rams winning the Whitehall Cup after uh, 50 years of uh, blood, sweat and tears. Jeez, they beat Arrowtown, did they? You're kidding me. Oh, we uh, put them to the sword. Did you? Oh, Reese Winter will be filthy. <laughs> <laughs> Right, cheers, stats man. Right, Catch I'll let you boys go. See you, see ya. You're a legend. Oh, anyway, always good to have stats man join us for some stats. And um, one of the stats that stood out for me there, Ben O'Keefe. Man, I thought this was the best performance from a referee this season under so much pressure. Um, I even put out a competition how many reds or yellows were there going to be. Um, in this game just because it's so hard not to give them but man he handled both of those tough decisions really well um, both very accidental the head was so low on that Nepo one there wasn't too much he could do and obviously Jack Goodhues was purely accidental so I love both of those calls and even not just those decisions but just his control of that game all the decisions he was making was world class one of the best performances I've seen from referee in a long time yeah, I completely agree with you. I thought he was outstanding. Um, you know, watching a couple of those decisions where, you know, they, they bought the TMO and I was like, oh, God, it's going to be a card. Yeah. But um, it was good to see a little bit of common sense come in. Um, and, yeah, as you said, I, th- I thought Ben O'Keefe handled the situation really well. Um, and you don't get too much more pressure than that, you know. Um, Super Rugby final game, um, high-intensity some some tough calls and you know it's it's one of those ones where you can generally only do wrong. But um, I thought he thought he done really well, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people would. Well, it'd be interesting to see from a, a, a Blues perspective, but um, I definitely thought he was controlled it well. What do you reckon, Sealy? Were you robbed? Nah, no complaints, mate. To be fair, like I'd love for that 
for that hell to be refed all year long, to be fair. Like you mentioned, the video ref, man, they showed it on the screen and they kept slowing it down and down. And you could just tell that they were all so accidental. But throughout the year, you've seen those resultant cards. So I was kind of glad that it yeah. didn't. Um, perhaps, you know, the finals factor, they brought that in. They didn't want to make that kind of decision. But that's how it should be refed all year, in my opinion. Some of these cards that we saw this year, you just had your head scratching. But... I was glad, and I thought he put in a good performance. No complaints about the ref. Mate, that's good to hear. And there's one thing about that, though. We talk about this, the player's safety of the game and um, how we're taking these head knocks seriously. There's maybe four or five instances in that game where guys were clearly knocked out or took a blow to the head, but they're playing on. They're not coming off for the HAA. So I really don't get that. Good example, the one whoever carried in low to Nepo's shoulder, I mean – it was an accidental tackle, but he still copped a serious blow to his head. And same with Jack Goodhue, how he stayed on. Roger Tuovasa-Shek, both those guys took a pretty serious head clash. Um, I think if we're going to be hard on these tackles, I think we need to be a bit harder on the HIA. So I'm not sure who the match doctor was, but um, he was he was pretty lenient in that game, I felt, as well. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I couldn't agree with more with you. Um, you know, there's... A, Good you took a pretty big collision there. Yeah, he's but gone. He, he's yeah. He look at the, the the footage of that. He's knocked out before he hits the ground. Mm. What it looks like anyway. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. I, I would have thought that would have been an HIA all day. But um, as you said, I don't know what that process is in Super Rugby. Whether it's it's fully responsible to the match doctor or whether the referees are responsible. No, nah, match sure doctor's supposed to um, watch the footage and if he sees anything, he's supposed to make the call and get them off. So it's not down to um, either management or the referee or anything like that. It's someone's pure pure job to control that. And mate, I've seen too many of my good mates have to retire from rugby early due to double head knocks in a game. So I hate seeing guys take a serious blow like that and stay out there. Um, yeah, so I think that's something that the rugby world needs to work on if they're going to continue that. I'm happy with that not being a card, but um, get the kid off for an HIO. Any thoughts there, Surly? Nah, yeah. Look, f- fully agree. You can't mess around with that kind of stuff. Obviously, the player's never going to put their hand up, really, on a stage like that. They're all pretty stubborn, and they don't want to come off, and they're just thinking short-term in the moment. They're not thinking longer-term, or or else what could happen further on in the game. So, yeah, the, the match doctor has to step up there and make a big call. And then if they pass, get them back out there. But if they're not deemed to be fit enough, then they shouldn't be out there. Yes, very smart like that. We did talk about in the preview show that there was this was the first time that the Crusaders didn't have an all-black loose forward. But what would you make of the um, Crusaders loose forward trio, Surly? I thought Cullen Grace was outstanding. And uh, he was one that we mentioned that was probably quite hard done by. And he certainly did himself even more favours here, really put his hand up. I thought he was immense throughout that game. Um, Pablo, of course, not eligible, but man, that little nudge of his, that kind of just capped off the whole game, the way that played out and led to that final try. Um, but yeah, I think Cullen Grace was the standout loose forward from the whole match for me. I thought he was really strong shift. You, Tom? Yeah, I thought the the whole back row of the Crusaders were really good um, and probably man for man, um, you know, one up the, the Blues. Mm. Um, I thought Tom Christie was... Was, had an outstanding game, you yeah. know. He's, he's defensively so solid and makes really good decisions over the breakdown as well. Um, but you know, he's a guy that d- just goes about his work and doesn't really get too much credit. Um, but, but yeah, as well as Colin Grace, absolute workhorse, mm. big big body, and um, you know he carries hard as well. So 
Um, yeah, definitely uh, a few eyes would have been open there. Maybe uh, the All Black selectors thinking twice. I don't know. I wonder if they pick the team this weekend, whether there'd be any different picks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Mm, we'll never know. <laughs> Makes you wonder, like it, it was talked about, but like why the week before the final would you name a All Black squad? Yeah. Like it has been talked about a lot yeah. in the media, but you know, another week up your sleeve, the biggest stage, and you see who really steps up. These are the games you want to pick players from. 100%. I spoke to Sam Kane this morning, and obviously um, they've been training this week, but there was only about 12 of those players. Most of them are, were training, playing in that final in the weekend. So even though they've named it early, they haven't been able to get through much of their game stuff because half the team or more than half the team's not there. So I'm with you. It feels like they probably should have watched that final, used it as a um, trial, and then picked the team probably today while the boys are all getting on it, celebrating their season. So um, like, like usual, I'd imagine. But anyway, one more Crusader who stood out. Um, this was actually a good battle. I thought Finlay Christie was probably one of the Blues' best players. And Bryn Hall, your mate. I know you caught up with him after the game, Surly. Uh, what did he have to say? What do you think of his game? Oh, he, he didn't speak too much on a personal level about his performance, but um, I th- yeah, he was pretty stoked. It was obviously talked about in the commentary that he's heading off to Japan, so that might be the last time he ever wears the Crusaders jersey, and I think he saved his best performance of the year till last, scored his meat pie, got off the nudie run, so he was pretty relieved about that. But yeah, his combination with Richie was just huge all night, and I thought um, I thought Bryn was outstanding. Um, and he's definitely looking forward to the next few days to wrap up his time down there. But, yeah, a strong shift from him. And I thought, like you mentioned, Finlay was really good as well. He was one of the Blues' best, and it's never easy for a nine behind a pack that's getting dominated. But just the energy and the speed and the aggression that he brings, he's only a little fella, but, man, he pours everything into these games. So, yeah, he was good as well. Yeah, he's so niggly, eh? Such a tough little bugger. Any thoughts on either of those? Yeah, it was it was a good battle between the two nines there. Um, you know, Bryn's one of those players that seriously underrated. You know, I think he he had he had a great game. Um, he does his job well. He kicks well. He gets to the breakdown fast, and he he delivers a really good solid pass all game. Um, and then you know he, he chooses his moments when to have a snipe, and nice for him to get a little bit of meat there. And um, as Sealy said, get off the nudie run. But no, nah, he's he's been a great servant for New Zealand rugby. Um, so yeah. Yeah, wish him well in Japan. But she's, I imagine he did the bookies a favour. No one would have had Bryn Hall as first try scorer in that game, I bet. Ah, crazy. Even his best mates. Yeah. Nah, yeah, crazy. I'm just glad it's, that season's over now. He's got a few few months before he departs and hopefully he gets back to play for the mighty Northcote. Oh. I'd love to be on the end of some of those crisp <laughs> passes. Jeez, imagine you two together. Holy heck. Swishers galore. Yeah, like forget Richie, mate. Imagine Surly <laughs> at the helm. Jeez, what a duo. <laughs> Oh, but speaking of Richie, he was our Lad Searle winner, um, so he does become the Lad of the Week. He picked up the three points. Two points was Sam Whitelock with his impressive display, and one point was David Harvilli. Yeah, geez, Whitelock was immense. Yeah. I thought he had a massive impact on the game. Um, you know, just his presence, his physical presence, and obviously in the line-out as well, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I'm, I know exactly what's going on there, but you could tell that um, he, he was a key cog to their success there. But, um, 
yeah, oh, I thought I thought he had a great game. And who was who was it? Harvelli? Yeah, Harvelli. Yeah, no, no complaints there. Mm. Yeah, he was class. I think in the aftermatch, Whitelock said that um, he wasn't doing the defensive lineout, which was surprising to some. It was actually Tasman lad Quinn Strange who had done all that work, um, picking apart um, the Blues lineout, but. Um, Sam Whitelock does the attack. He obviously they obviously went eleven from eleven with their lineout, so they were perfect. But um, fair bit of work's gone on behind the scenes with Quinn Strange, and like you probably mentioned before, uh, Scott Hansen doing a fair bit of that gritty work, planning this final for a long time before it actually happened. That's crazy that a month out you can have your tunnel, have your sights set on that. It just shows what a quality side they are and how prepared they were for it. But I guess it's one of those statements you don't make unless you win the game because that could have really backfired. But yeah, typical Crusaders stuff. They're just that good and they just put in the vintage finals performance six in a row now. Mm. And just crazy to think that. It is crazy. Yeah, but those points meaning. Um, that the Lad of the Year award doesn't change. No one in the top five got any points. So the winner of Lad of the Year is Bowden Barrett with seven points. So um, although he lost the final, he didn't get a chance. Um, he definitely deserves this award. He's been outstanding all year. Um, I'm sure his family will be very proud. Um, Scott may have got the Super Rugby trophy, but... I think Bodie will be pretty happy there sitting on his couch with the Water Lad, Lad of the Year. Oh, look, I, I think that's probably the most prestigious award in world rugby at the moment. So, no doubt Bodie will have that sitting right by the bed. He'll probably kiss it before he heads off every night and just be so thankful that, that we appreciated his talents. And the Water Lad listeners, he's, he's won their hearts. So, massive achievement from Bodie. Yeah, would you rather win the Lad of the Year or the um, Lad Searle? Yeah, look, obviously the lad Searle means you've won the final, which is quite prestigious, you know, and, and you've been the best player on the park on that day. But, look, you're only as good as your last game. I don't know. It's a tough one. But <laughs> I, I think lad of the year, it just yeah. shows that you've been class all year round. But, look, to do both, I think that would set off one of the all-great oh. celebrations of all time. <laughs> Jeez. I wonder if next year someone could pull off both. Oh. That would be huge. We'd have to fly down then. <laughs> Definitely. We will. Okay, and just to finish the podcast, uh, I do want us to go through um, our all-black team, who we think is going to be um, selected for the first test in Ireland. This is not who we would pick. This is who we think the all-black selectors would pick. Surly, who have you got at one? I really struggled at prop, to be honest. Um, I did have to text Tasman co-head coach um, Dan Perrin to give me a little bit of help with these front rowers. But who have you got? Yeah, I went with I went with Bauer, much like you. I'm I'm not hardly studied in the dark arts, but I think he was exceptional last night and probably played a big part in why that Crusaders pack went so well. So yeah, I went with Georgie Bauer. Yep, me too. Tom, happy with that? Yeah, no complaints there. Number two? Uh, Cody Taylor, and I had to think about this one, but I think I've left Takiaho for the bench just because of, of his impact and Cody's leadership, but yeah, Cody Taylor. Yeah, I think they'll go Cody as well. Yep, agreed. Three, you're on fire, Surly. Uh, Nepal la la. Like Foster too, actually. Oh, cheers, mate. I could be a long-lost descendant, I'll take it. <laughs> you could literally be his son. <laughs> if, it, if it gets me in the side, I'll take it. <laughs> Yep, Nipo Laulala, yep, that's who Dan Perrin sent me to. Um, obviously, set piece is very important against the Irish, and apparently those two are the best scrummages, George Bauer and Nipo Laulala. So, 
um, yeah, I think they'll be locked in. Yeah, no complaints from Tommy. He's got no, no ideas what's happening. Yeah. Um, locks, pretty much a shoe in, are they? Yeah, I was just reminiscing on my front rows there, though. Maybe I am a young Micron. I'll, I'll bank that one, add it to the old CV. But uh, Locks, I went with uh, Barrett and Retallick. Oh, did you? No white lock. Nah, I've, I've gone for the young young bulls there. True. That's a big call. I'd imagine after that performance in the weekend, um, I'm picking white lock in there. You? Yeah, white lock for me. But potentially Barrett might jump in that rotation. He is... He is a quality player, but I think they'll start with um, Big Guzzler and Sam Whitelock. Six. Now, this was the position I think I found the hardest out of the lot. I've got no idea what they're going to go here. Yeah, this was tough for me as well because there's some quality names there and there's a few things they could play around with. Obviously, with Dalton, he could play six as well. But I went with Akira Ioane just for the ball running. That could be a fair shout. I've actually gone with Dalton. I think he his form's been almost too good to leave out. So I think... I've gone for a very interesting um, loose forward trio with Dalton, Sam Kane, Artie Savier. But I think, I think, well, Sam Kane's a lock in for seven. Um, Skipper, Artie's a lock in for eight. What they do with that six, um, very interesting. Tom, here yeah, we go. I, no, I'd be leaning toward, towards Surly there. Um, I think they'd chuck a carer in there, mm. or maybe even Hoskins Satutu mm-hmm. at the six there. I think, you know. Big ball carrier. They'd probably go um, Hoskins at eight and Artie at six. Artie at six, maybe mm, if um, they went that way. Yeah, I just, I just feel as though, you know, with Dalton, Kane, and Artie, mm. they're all line out. They're all pretty well, not similar, but you know, they're they're all good over the ball and stocky and like kind of sevens really, aren't mm. they? Probably needs a little bit more height and maybe a little bit more beef as well. Mm, interesting. Dalton played well when he came off the bench, so didn't he? Geez, that line break was good stuff. Yeah, I didn't see that coming from him. That was exceptional. Yeah, he had about three on him. Jeez. Show some pace too. Anyway, to moving to nine, everyone got Aaron Smith. I think they'll start with yep. him. Then 10, flip a coin, is it? Bowden Barrett or Richie Mawanga? I think they'll start with Bowden there. Um, Richie... I'd be honestly so happy with either of them, but I think they're going to go with Bowden. Yeah, I've I've got Bowden down. Obviously, last night it was probably the other way around, but we mentioned Bodie behind that, that struggling pack. So I, I went with Bodie. I thought he's been exceptional all year, and uh, I think Richie off the bench will add some real spark, but you could go either way. Yeah, Tom? I think Richie will get the nod first yeah. game. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Okay, 11. I've gone, oh, this is the only bolter I think they'll start. Leicester, fine Ganuku. I think he'll start on the left wing. Good call. Yeah, I've, I've got Leicester in there as well. I just think they've mentioned for a while now that they really like that power winger. The likes of your Caleb Clark and your Leicesters, they're probably in the squad for that. So I could see them going with Leicester as well. Yeah, I agree. I think um, his performance in the weekend really helped mm. him put his hand up. Maybe if he didn't play quite as well, I don't think they would have gone for him, but... I think, um, you know, it was an eye-opening game for him and I think they'll start with him. Yeah, me too. Um, 12. Now, so many options here. Um, but I think they're going to go with David Harvilli and I think he definitely did himself a few favours in the weekend um, with his performance and I think they'll start with him. Thoughts? I actually went with Quintupaya. 
Uh, um, don't know why he just keeps popping into my head they mentioned that they like his, his ball running <laughs> they're the huge on like oh not the dream again no no look it hasn't come yet but maybe <laughs> if I can manifest it it's gonna come through and if it does you'll be the first to know but they Foster keeps mentioning they want these guys that can bend the line because the opposition defenses are rushing us at the moment and I just think mm. Quinn really brings that through his ball running so yeah I went with him the other options obviously Geordie um but he, he, every time I hear Foster talk, he's speaking about how much he rates Geordie at fullback. So mm. I'm sort of thinking that's where he's going to start. Where were you, yeah, where you going I mean, at 12? I, I would have had Geordie in at 12. But, you know, you, you look at even the, the way the team, All Blacks team's named, you know, Geordie's an outside back. So yeah, I just don't think they're going to play him in the midfield. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think they'll probably go with Davey to start off with. Mm. And then is Rico locked in at 13? Even though Goodhue probably got the better of him in the weekend. Yeah, he probably did. I, I thought Goodhue was really impressive. But, um, yeah, I've got Rico yeah. there in the 13 just because I think over the space of the year he's been really impressive and just his speed, his pace, and how he can make something from nothing. I think in this all-black back line he'll be a real asset and we'll see the best of him. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, you know, he's he's a down-and-out 13 and he's got X-Factor, so I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a shoo so that leaves the two shoo-ins for the team, Will Jordan and Geordie Barrett. Which way are you playing them, I guess? I, Geordie could play on the wing. Um, he started there um, in his All Black career. Will Jordan was there last year. Geordie was the, one of the best players in the All Blacks last year at fullback. Will Jordan's been probably the best player in the comp at fullback this year. So um, which way are you going, Surly? Yeah, I think I think they'll go Geordie at the back with Will on the wing, but like Tom mentioned, if it was me, I'd be having Geordie in that in that midfield spot and then having Will at the back because I think that's where he's played his best footy and he's probably been arguably one of the best backs in the competition and just the teams will be so hesitant to kick the ball back to him because he can just light you up from anywhere on the field. So that's what I'll be doing, but I think they'll go Geordie at the back with Will on the wing. Mate, it is going to be some series. I'm looking forward to the series and that first team name. It's going to be interesting to see what they go. And Tom, while you are currently the best rugby tipper in the world, who is winning this series? What's the score going to be? Um, All Blacks will get up 2-1. Two, 2-1. Two, one. Two, one. Yeah. Surly, thoughts? Yeah, I, I like that. I'd, I'd go for the clean sweep, obviously. Patriotic bloke, but I'll, I'll take the 2-1 because the Irish are quality. I'm also interested to see how the Māori side goes up against the Irish in those midweek games because I think what they, they've got two games as well. I think they could yeah. definitely take one of those. Yeah, Tom, tipper. I, re- I reckon um, the All Blacks are going to be a little short of a run on the first game. So I think if Ireland are going to win one, it's going to be first one. Jeez, that would set up the series straight, straight off, straight off the plane into it. Um, the Maldives, yeah, the Maldives, <laughs> Maldives will go good, I think. Win any? Yeah, I think so. One or two? Uh, I think they'll win them both. Oh, you've heard Whoa. it here first. The fourth tipper in rugby at the moment has just called it. Maldives win both tests. Ireland win the first test, and the All Blacks win the second too. Man, that is that is some good stuff from the man who sees rugby results in the future <laughs> <laughs> and Surly, Jeez, any dreams awesome. from the series 
<laughs> nah, no dreams so far, but I was just thinking that first test of that Eden Park, I might have to head along to the Irish captain's run and just get stuck in, you know, try, give a few motivational speeches. They seem to really have the lads firing at the moment. So maybe I'll see if I can make that, what, that happen. If anyone has any contacts at the Irish Rugby Union, tell them I'm a great good luck charm and I'll get along. <laughs> oh that would be good to see and mate I am so looking forward to this um, series but as always guys appreciate you giving up your time um, if you're listening thanks for tuning in to another review show that was the last one of the year um, but really appreciate had lots of good feedback from these so um, appreciate you guys for listening and Surly cheers for the year cheers for giving it giving up your time and giving your insight, sharing your dreams. No, no worries, mate. Always happy to share the dreams with the nation. And uh, thanks for having me, mate. It's been bloody good fun. Right, and Tommy, good to have you bookend the um, the series. Started off with a hiss and a roar. Finished so strongly last weekend with the prediction right on the money. Ah, cheers, mate. Thanks for having me back on there. Um, you know, lost lost my left nut pretty early doors, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm back in there and hopefully uh, – yeah, this Irish series uh, prediction has come up trumps and jeepers. I don't know what will happen after there. The world's my oyster. <laughs> yeah, cheers, boys.